This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week on Locker Room to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. All right, welcome everybody into another episode of Locked On NBA Draft. My name is Richard Stamen. It's a very special episode. We've got a special guest, actually my first guest. Uh, if, you've, if you're familiar with anything I've done, you know my guest, uh, Jared Katz. He's my co-host on the Mavs Draft podcast. Uh, Jared, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It's a uh, it's a true honor to be the the first guest. Yeah, hey, I wouldn't have anybody else. I'm excited for this one because these two guys we're talking about today are are your guys. You're the guy. I think that you were definitely the guy that got me in on Kispert. I think in November, maybe even December, uh, you were the one telling me, you know, Kispert's top ten, top fifteen, and honestly, you might be underselling him at this point. <laughs> so he's uh, he's lived up to it, and Kai Jones has been a guy who. Um, I mean, you hit it on the head, guards one through five, you know, we'll talk about it more in detail, but um, someone I know that you really got me into, and I, I didn't believe you at first, but you were definitely right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we can, uh, let's start with Kai Jones, uh, since Corey Kispert's still in the tournament, let's go with the fallen man first. Uh, so quick background on Kai Jones, I think he's 6'11", right? Um, mm-hmm. I know basketball references, I don't really trust their heights, some because I mean, the combine's obviously the more accurate way, but he's listed 6'11", 218, averaged 8.8 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, um, half an assist, 0.8 steals, basically one block a game. And that's on 58% and 38% from three, 69% from the line, uh, only one attempt per game. A little bit of context to the stats is that, you know, Texas had a lot of big men. Greg Brown, if you count him as a big, Jericho Sims. So the stats really don't do him justice, I don't think. Jared, what's your favorite part of uh, Kai Jones' game? Like, what's your main selling point on him? My favorite part is the defensive versatility, um, which was kind of on display by default because, as you mentioned, Texas had other bigs, namely Jericho Sims, who was kind of the heart and soul of that team. Um, and Kai Jones kind of had to play out of position, um, you know, pretty much most of his Texas career. Um he, I think he only played like 22 minutes a game or something coming off the bench most games. Um, and when he was on the floor with Jericho Sims, he was playing the four, uh, which I think is a little outside of his skill set. Um, I think at, at his best at the next level, he's, um, like a somewhat undersized five off the bench, but somebody that, um, can, can play defense all over the floor. Um, one of my favorite possessions was against West Virginia and, um, I, I, f- I forget the, the guy's name on West Virginia, but he, uh, he was on fire in the second half, couldn't miss, uh, Kai Jones gets switched on to him towards the end of the game and he ends up stripping him and, uh, drawing a foul going the other way. So, um, just the fact that he can sit down in a stance at close to seven feet tall, um, the quickness and his feet to, to stay in front of guys. Um, that's to me, um, the biggest selling point, uh, per 40 minutes, he had 3.1, uh, steals and blocks combined. Um, so you get the versatility with, with both of those things, I think. Yeah. And a lot of people on criticize his defense because, you know, he's kind of misses rotations, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's playing out of position on defense. Like you said, he's not going to play with other bigs, most likely in the NBA. He's the big, he's the other big that other guys would play with. You know, that 
fours and threes play with, not the other way around, which I think does a lot for, you know, that project, that's his projection, you know, I, I really well, think it, that. And that's the key word is projection too. Like you have to acknowledge, and I'm one of the biggest Kai Jones fans you're going to find. He is raw. He's as raw as they come. Uh, even as a sophomore, uh, when you draft him, you have to understand that you're going to have, uh, a development curve and there are going to be moments where you're like, what in the hell is this guy doing? And I think part <laughs> of that is, is in the defensive rotations and things like that. I don't think it's something that's going to be impossible for him to pick up. Uh, I just think he needs more, more game experience. Yeah, just at bats. I mean, he, like you said, he's raw. And that's what most people I don't think are realized with him is they kind of judge him as a proven talent. But he barely did much, he barely did anything as a, as a freshman. I mean, he played 16 minutes a game, jumped six minutes. Uh, but his role was just so minimal, especially offensively. Just all around, he was kind of, I don't know, his, his overall role as a freshman wasn't anything worth noticing. I don't really think 50% from the field. Like, this was his first real year playing a real, key part of the team and obviously they were good be a big part of because of him I think like they were the three seed in the tournament yeah and there were times where uh you know he needed to be on the floor for defensive purposes because you you know they're gonna try to attack a switch and all of a sudden you can't because Kai Jones is in the game um so it I'm I'm not going to compare him to Alexei Pokushevsky because he's not nearly <laughs> as skilled, but it's that same sort of deal where if you're picking him and, you know, just off of pure raw talent, I think he's a top 15 guy in the class. But you have to understand that he's probably not going to help you very much this year, and you're going to have to you, – you look at the flashes, right? And if you were to just put together a three-minute, like, you know, ball is life highlight mix of him. You're going to be like, you know, holy crap, like this, this dude's insane. But, you know, you could also put together another three minutes of, you know, what, what's going on in his mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's decision-making is not his sharpest tool uh, for sure. I mean, you're betting on the athleticism and putting them all together and, and offensively. I mean, he does a lot too. I mean, I think he's the only big man in the class. I'd feel maybe Evan Mobley, but I still feel like he's an oversized three, four. Um, but he's the only big man in the class. I feel like they can do a jab step three or yeah, like hit a, sorry, that sounded weird, but he can hit threes off of jab steps and just big men aren't supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's extraordinarily fluid and coordinated, which I think is where the, um, the, the love stems from. And then, you know, not to, Scott the jersey, but you know Texas has produced some big men over the past few years, and um, you know I think that that might play a bit of a factor as well. Yeah, Center University. I mean, that's over the last five six years. I mean, they really have produced though, like some of the top big men prospects to come through. Like that's legit. <laughs> yeah. And, now, not all of them have worked out, but right. I know. mean, almost all of them though. Like, I think Mo Bomb is probably the only one who I'd safely say is out. I'm still. In on Jackson Hayes. I know he's kind of on the fence, but Miles Turner. Yeah. yeah, Turner. I mean, Turner's good. Like he's good enough. He's sticking in the league, yeah. you know. And he got that four years, eighty million or whatever it was. Like, so he's definitely staying. Um, so I mean, I like him enough. But I mean, I know his. I, I don't. I don't trust his shot base a ton. I know it's something like his feet move a lot on his jump shot. Is that where you at all? Yeah, I think from like the from the waist up, it looks good. Um, 
but he's got some mechanical issues to uh to kind of round out um but again that's that's one of many things of just reps you know coaching uh, i think he would benefit from some time in the g league um and it sucks because when you take a guy in the top 15 you really don't want to send him to the g league um but to me I don't know if you're going to go with a big and it's not Evan Mobley. I think Kai Jones was firmly in that conversation for second post off the board, which was kind of one of my, you know, bold predictions at the beginning of the season and, you know, little toot my own horn, but here we are. <laughs> hey, we have the tape on that. We can roll that back. <laughs> you firmly planted your flag on that too. I mean, I, I'm all in. I, I don't see why not. I mean, he's almost a unicorn. I mean, him and Evan, Evan Mobley are the two unicorns of the class. Again, though, with Mobley, I mean, not to go off track, but Mobley is, again, I don't consider him a five. I think he's forced to almost play the five at USC, but um, that's not, that's because of his size, not because of his skill set, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a five to me. Five. He's a five to me, but that's just because I, I love the idea of having five skilled players on the floor oh, at a time. It'd be a mismatch. It naturally, yeah, yeah. Like in the right lineup, he would be. He would be a five, like in a depth. Like similar to like Carl Anthony Towns. Like yeah. they're they're not, you know, the same player at all. But um, just that in terms of, you know, you have five guys who could be anywhere on the floor at any point in time. Um, but yeah, I digress. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Well, when we come back, we'll do some uh, some quick player comparisons and projections and best fits and all that. Um, and then we'll also get into the other prospect in this, Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. Uh, but we'll do that on the other side of the break. So this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, potentially Jared, if he gets on, uh, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time and about your favorite sport. Uh, I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Draft pretty much once, twice a week. I've done it a couple times last week. Uh, and you can obviously join it. I'm pretty liberal about having people come up on the stage. So Locker Room is the perfect place to start a, start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you, you know, on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and pretty much breaking down any big news or rumors. I know I was on it on the deadline. Um, so be sure to join me this week. It'll be probably Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think, were when I was on it last week. Uh, Jared, also more than welcome to join me. You'll be on stage if you get that. Um, so yeah, go ahead and download the app now. It's currently available on all iOS devices, uh, and you can link your Twitter uh, and everything, and just follow me on there at MapsDraft. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're back, uh, finishing up the Kai Jones conversation uh, and about to lead into Corey Kispert. So who who is someone you see in the league today or in the past? I feel like it's going to be someone in the league today based on where the league is now. Who do you see Kai Jones as a comparison for? I think there's some similarities to like a Christian Wood. Um, like just that. kind of that long can stretch the floor a little bit, but again, somebody who didn't really come into his own, um, you know, until he had a few years of development in, uh, in the NBA. So, um, it's not, 
you know, a total apples to apples comparison, but, um, you know, in terms of, you know, again, length, uh, skill, um, some defensive versatility, um, just a name that kind of came to mind. Yeah, no, I really do like that because, you know, the only difference between them, I think overall, like the physicality, the physical traits and everything match up are the fact that like Christian Wood can, you know, put the ball on the floor a little bit more easily than probably Kai Jones. But that's not something that I don't see Kai Jones never being able to develop. I think that's an area he very realistically can get developed. And it's not that hard. I mean, he can already drive by guys and he's done it a couple of times where he'll just go straight line drives. I don't think it's out of the reach to say, uh, to say that, you know, he could be that kind of guy. I actually, I really don't even know who to compare him to. I mean, that's probably the best one. I didn't have anyone in mind, so I was hoping you'd give me some, some food for <laughs> thought. But I, I really don't think I can disagree. That's probably the best one that I can think of. Um, I know some people have asked, like, in actually in our host, uh, our sponsor, excuse me, uh, locker room, a lot of people have asked if he's similar to Porzingis. I say no, just because, no, Por- no not at all. I mean, it's, it's the way they defend. Kai Jones is way better on ball defender. I mean, it's yeah. not even close. Yeah, Porzingis is like strictly a um, drop coverage, pick and roll yep. defender. Kai Jones can switch almost everything, and he actually can test closeout. As Mavs fans, of course, we can. <laughs> yeah, right. We can talk about this. <laughs> but who do you see as uh, as some of his best fits for the draft, and kind of just where you see him going? What range? I guess they kind of feed into each other. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I would I would say somebody who um has maybe the luxury of allowing him to grow into his role. Um I I kinda like Atlanta a little bit. Um where you can kind of just be an energy big off the bench for a little while. Um you know eventually take over maybe the starting center spot uh from Capella in a few years and you just kind of have a more versatile um you know rim running five. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's one that kind of comes to mind. I like that. I like that. I'd love to see him in a Kongu. I feel like they complement each other on defense so well too. I don't yeah. know about their offense. They probably play on and off on that end, but three teams actually come to mind. All of them are consecutive picks and they're in the range, um, of what you said, you know, teams that can be patient, don't have to, you know, they can develop and that's any of New Orleans. Sacramento or Indiana, I think in kind of Indiana with a Miles Turner replacement kind of hinted at that in the, the last segment. But, <laughs> you know, I, I actually really do like that fit there next to Sabonis and in Sacramento with De'Aaron Fox. I mean, they need defense pretty badly. Sadly, it's not going to help with the immediate return on defense, but, you know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, next prospect uh, is a little is a lot different, and except for the fact that, you know, he shoots threes. Uh, it's Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. Corey Kispert is a four-year guy. He had some incredible moments this year. I think he's been a key part of why Gonzaga is the number one team. Upped his field goal percentage from 47% last year to 54.5 while maintaining his elite three-point percentage. Actually, really upping it from 44% to 46%. Shot 90% from the line. So he's a 55-45-90 guy. Uh, which I didn't even realize it was that good. On 19 points per game, five rebounds, over an assist and a half, one steal a game, and half a block a game with just one and a half turnovers a game. I mean, he is 
he is a polished player. Like, how would you give your rundown on, on Corey Kispert? Since again, you are the Corey Kispert guy in my eyes. <laughs> well, what's interesting is if you, like going into this season, if he didn't even make any significant improvements, he's probably still a back half of the first round guy because of his elite shooting ability. Um, I mean, we're talking, you know, like Reddick, Joe Harris, Kyle Korver tier of shooting, in my opinion. Um, you know, Bain, who we loved last year, I don't think is as good of a shooter as Corey Kispert. Um, but I think what he changed this year that makes him a borderline top 10 guy for me was his ability to attack closeouts a little bit um, and finish around the rim. Uh, shot 64% from two, um, which I think is obviously what contributed to, to his field goal percentage significantly increasing into the, you know, 55% range. Um, but, you know, don't be mistaken. You're, you're drafting Corey Kispert for his offense. Um, you know, a, I mean, an elite shooter, best shooter in the draft, um, but so much more than just, you know, stick him in the corner and let him fire. He He's going to be coming off pin downs, running off screens. Um, shooting off movement is easy for him. Um, so we, we saw how important shooting was, um, you know, in the NBA this offseason with the contracts that guys like Bertans and the aforementioned Joe Harris got, um, it's, it's crucial. Yeah. And, and you, you jo- add in the fact that he's, he's not a, you know, great defender by any means, but he is six, eight and knows where to be on the defensive side of the ball. So he's not a liability on that end. And he's underrated athletically, which I know kind of sounds like a stereotype, but like he really is. I mean, there were times this year where he was taking straight line drives with guys on him for a dunk, uh, finish above the rim a little bit more. I, I do think his athleticism has been overlooked. I don't know how much he uses it. I think that's a very fair criticism, but the, whether it's there or not, I, I'm pretty sold that it is there, especially for a six, eight guy. It's not going to blow you away, but he's not going to be a guy who can't get off the floor, you know? So I think that does matter. And I do think he also, with the jump shot, all things considered, you kind of hinted at it, the way he comes off ball. He has a lot of shooting gravity. I don't know. That's what kind of differentiates him from other guys like Joe Harris. I don't know if he has it. Desmond Bain didn't last year. He was just, you know, they have this skill, but they don't, they don't demand the attention that, that a lot of these other shooters do. The way he moves off ball is just, you have to center your defense around it to an extent, especially in college when that team is just beyond stacked. It, Really, Corey Kispert shooting makes that go. Uh, obviously, there's Drew Timmy and other guys in the post, but I, I, I do think that translates. The fact that he moves so well off ball and with the league being more off ball, I think that's a huge thing for him that's going to be, you know, I, I personally think you're going to get top 10 in return on investment with him no matter where you take him. He's going to be a top 10 rookie. I don't see why teams would be hesitant. I think they're just overthinking at this point, right? Yeah, uh, I, I think. If he wanted to shoot for a higher ceiling, I get that. Um, if you're looking for somebody who can create their own shot a little bit more, I get that. Um, but if you're in a spot where, um, you know, take like the Hornets, for example, you have a playmaker like LaMelo Ball at this point, um, and you, you're just going to surround him with guys who can hit shots, who get open, um, who they're in the right spots at the right time. Uh, Corey Kispert's perfect for that. Um, you know, you, you bring him in and for the next, you know, eight to 10 years, 
He's just really solid, reliable, probably won't make any all-star, all-star teams, but he's, he's gonna be a reliable, you know, 13 to 18 point score, uh, shooting at very high efficiencies. Yeah, for years. And, and that's a right away thing. I think he's immediately double digits points per game. Um, I mean, I, I really just don't think it's even possible to say enough positive things about him personally. And he's a decent passer. I think that's also overlooked. It's not going to be anything that blows you away ever. He's not going to make some crazy pick and roll read, but he knows how to use his jump shot to his advantage as a passer, which you said someone's name, and I'm not using this as a comparison, but it reminds me a lot of JJ Redick, the way he does it. He knows how to, you know, he comes off the screens and everything so well. And then he knows, like, he's one of those guys that has shooting gravity that he knows teams are going to draw in on him, so he finds the open cutter immediately. And in the NBA with so much movement, for most offenses at least, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, well, when we get back, uh, we'll round this out. We'll do some uh, comparisons again, same thing with as we did with Kai Jones, uh, some comparisons where we see best fit, and just future outlook on him. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. It has real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And use promo code locked on. That's one word, locked on, to get your first uh, on your first deposit to get that welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. So on this network, you know, we've all been telling you. I've been, I can tell you about it for as long as I've been listening to Locked On. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. So now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk. Personally, I've, my favorite Built Bar, um, this is a complete cop-out because I know it's one of the highest seeds. It might even be, you know, to one of the very top seeds. But I've got cookies and cream coming out on top. Uh, personally, cookie dough chunk is really good. I'm just an absolute sucker for cookies and cream. Uh, so that's my prediction on who will win this. But go to BuiltBar.com or to at bar underscore built on Twitter to go ahead and vote. Uh, if you completely disagree, think I'm crazy or think I'm right, uh, just remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get your 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. All right, so you're already here, but get more analysis on the top prospects available in this NBA draft. This year with a Locked On NBA Draft podcast, we give scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts like myself. We got Raphael and Sam and Cody. Uh, subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. If you don't listen to any of the other hosts, it's 100% worth it. I cannot recommend all of them enough. I've listened to them before the Locked On uh NBA draft show started back up. They're all incredible. So don't just listen to mine, but listen to theirs as well. All right. So we're back. Uh, so staying on Corey Kispert, 
where do you see him? I know you kind of hinted at it just a few minutes ago, but where do you see him going in the draft? Like what's his best case, you know, draft slot? What's his worst case draft slot? Um, I don't think it's out of the question for him to crack the top 10. Um, you know, I, I think you got the kind of the big five and then, um, it's kind of, what are you looking for? Um, I probably still have guys like, uh, James Booknight and Scotty Barnes over him. But, um, after that, it's, you know, are, are you, again, are you looking for a creator? Are you looking for a scorer? Are you looking for a big man? Um, but if you're just looking for a, you know, ultimate glue guy, kind of reliable shot maker, take Corey Kispert. Yeah. I, I think, as the league continues to be so shooting focused and shooting oriented, you can take him anywhere. I don't think there's any team that's going to, oh, yeah, we don't need Kispert. I mean, you look again, New Orleans is a team that they just lost JJ Reddick. They tried making that work. They need shooters. Every team is going to need shooters. You just can't have enough shooters in this NBA. And I, I think that you could really justify him going anywhere again. Like you said, there's some guys that you just should not pass up Corey or for Corey Kispert. Like James McKnight, if he's there, you don't choose, I don't think you choose Kispert. Um, but if you have the eighth pick and after, honestly, you could start really looking hard at Kispert just because of how effective he is as a shooter. And I mean, that, that's just the most valuable thing. And, uh, you know, we saw with the deadline, how effective shooters are teams went after shooters. That's every single year it happens. So yeah. I, I, I think that you top 10 isn't out of the picture. And being winning matters a lot too. I think that's going to, you know, recency bias matters. We didn't see it last year because of the pandemic and the canceled tournament, but winning matters and teams see the winners. I mean, we saw Kentucky in 2012 had four first round picks, I think four, five, something like that. Um, it matters. He's going to go higher than he probably is seen in mocks just because of that. So with that, who do you think is someone that he emulates? I know we threw a lot of names out there. Personally, I have someone that we haven't said yet, uh, but who's someone that you you see as a comparison for him? Um, I don't really love the Reddick one because no. he's longer, and I don't think he's he he still he still needs to work on you know taking the ball on dribble handoffs and um you know kind of creating that way. Um, I don't hate Joe Harris as a comparison. Um, but again, I think he can do a little bit more for you offensively. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And the guy I see him similar to is a less ball handling version, but better size, uh, only a couple more inches, I think actually, which is Evan Fournier. I think they do a lot of the same stuff. I think he can score from all three levels in a similar way. Uh, doesn't blow you away with athleticism, makes the right pass. I, I really think someone like that is super valuable. And Fournier has been on a $17 million contract. That's a, that's a good deal. Those guys work out, you know. Um, I think he's someone that if you get him, you're going to see immediate results. Again, kind of just emphasizing what we said earlier, but you're going to get immediate results from him. You're not going to, you're not going to be disappointed. I see very, his off day is most shooters, his average day. I mean, again, 45% from three. That's a consistent thing. 44% the year before, 37 before that. And even this year at the rim, he shot an absurd 78%. Like he's improved a lot with good talent around him. I think he just gets better. And he's one of those guys that he makes winning better. 
he just makes winning teams. He's, he's what is it? A, is it a four raise or a ceiling raise? I always forget the difference of this, and I feel stupid for not knowing. But <laughs> either one, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he honestly, yeah, both. Like, I, I just I don't see how he doesn't help anybody. He fits every single team in the league, and he's one. He's probably the only player in the league that you could say that for, except Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. Like, that's an incredible, incredible statement. He has the highest four in the draft of any non-top guy. I mean, he has it all. So I, I'm a big fan. Uh, on him is there is there anybody else I guess one thing since um, with Gonzaga because a lot of people I don't know how long people have watched Gonzaga outside of the tournament obviously you know they're going far um, but they have a stacked team and I don't think a lot of people understand that I think they have seven NBA players is there anybody else on Gonzaga that you think uh, when they're watching Corey Kispert they should watch for that's not named Jalen Suggs uh, I like Namhard a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think Ayayi can do some things. Uh, Timmy's obviously a phenomenal college player. Um, I have some questions about what his NBA fit would be. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a pretty loaded squad. Yeah. And imagine if they had Petrusev. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think, I think Petrusev and, and Timmy are very similar as well, too. Like, they have just have so many similarities. Uh, as post-oriented players and, you know, kind of restricted 10, 10 to 15 feet. And obviously Petrosev has the floater, but I, I do think Nemhard's going to be an NBA guy. He's a guy who I know teams have worked out in the past when he was at Florida before he transferred uh, back in 2019. You know, he was working out for a lot of teams before he withdrew and then immediately transferred. And Ayayi is a guy, I think another guy that just adds winning basketball. He's a cutter, long, good size, jump shot, really can't shoot when it's not around a screen, but yeah, he's good. That team is just unbelievably loaded. Yeah, I think they have a, a real chance to go wire to wire. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I mean, their closest game, I think, this year was probably that BYU game in the title game when they won by 10. Yeah, <laughs> and they were, they, they played so bad in that first half. And they still, yeah, they're bad as everyone else is mediocre. It's, it's wild. I mean, it's, would you agree that it's the best team since 2012, Kentucky? Off the top of your head, sorry. Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, like, I mean, especially if they go undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, such a difficult feat. I can't wait for people to pull out the excuses on that. But, <laughs> but yeah. What excuse is there? You, you play your schedule? Yeah, the, the pandemic year, and they'll put an asterisk. People will put an asterisk on anything they don't want to believe to be true, you know? <laughs> yeah, well. It's a weak one. It's haters. a weak excuse. Yeah. A drinking haterade. <laughs> well, hey, Jared, I really appreciate you coming on and talking Kisford and Kai Jones. I uh, cannot wait to have you back in the future as the draft gets closer. We'll, uh, we'll probably do, you know, we did a similar thing. A lot of people I know, uh, are more national draft people. So if you're not a Mavs fan or, uh, didn't listen to our podcast last year before the draft, we did a Baker's dozen, uh, where we just kind of did rapid fire on prospects and just thought of projections. Uh, quick thoughts and things like that. We're 100% going to do that again, just because there's literally going to be over 100 prospects in the field, and it's just not possible to do a podcast on every single ep- on every single prospect. So definitely cannot wait to do that again. If you're down, I obviously didn't ask you if you're down, but I assume <laughs> that you'll be down with something like that again. I'm in. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't wait. So Jared will definitely be a uh, recurring member. Jared, where can they find you? Uh, at Jared underscore cats 30, I think. <laughs> One day you'll remember your hand. I forget where the underscore is, but 
I don't know, outside of my Draymond tweet, there's not much there. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jared. Really appreciate it. Uh, And be sure, you know, to give us five stars and uh, subscribe to Locked On NBA Draft.